What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Smallwood. God bless everybody. Hope everything is going wonderful with you. Sister Brittany, good to see you. My sister Christy Meadows, good to see you. Lisa Bates, my sister, good to see you. Big Howard, good to see you, my brother. Good to see my brother, JLC. I was starting to worry about it. I sent him a text last night. I said, we okay, ain't we, brother? <laughs> and not seen him. I thought he, was, he had been doing some things with his daughter. He's been real busy. Some of my people starting to worry about him. So where, 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 they were saying, where's State 59 on YouTube? They've been worried about him. 
I said, I better check with him again, make sure my brother's okay. But he's uh, he's doing fine. Spending time with his daughter. Good to see you, my brother. Um, did I did I miss anybody before we get started here? We gonna be we gonna be in a very very familiar song today. <clears throat> One of my favorite songs. I stopped saying I have an absolute favorite psalm or verse in the Bible because I don't. Because every time I say that, I'll read another one and says, you know, this is my new favorite. So I'm not going to say it's my favorite psalm, but it's one of many of my favorite psalms. Psalm 46. And we're going to read the entire psalm because we got to get the jits of what he's actually saying. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not will we not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he had made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And we want to use as a talk today, all my help comes from the Lord. All, A-L-L. All my hope comes from the Lord. That is a testimony that all believers should understand and come real, real familiar with. Not some of your help. See, some of us think that our strength and our successes are coming from us not recognizing that it is the Lord. Whatever you have, whatever you've done, if you're still here on planet Earth, the Lord has willed you to be here. Because if he had not willed you to be on planet Earth, you would not be on planet Earth. That's including atheists too. Doesn't matter if you believe in God. You don't believe that fire is hot. Let me start a fire on your leg and we will see if you believe fire is hot. He's here. Whether you believe it or not. See, God sits in heaven and he laughs at the heathens for thinking that they are expelling God out of his universe. He built this. This is the house that God built. The universe is the house that God built. And don't you forget it. Now, this is a psalm of victory. The psalmist is declaring that he and his people will have victory because the creator of the universe is the one that is preserving them. <clears throat> That's enough just to shout on right there. I said the psalmist is declaring that he and his people will have victory because the creator of the universe 
is preserving them and he's fighting for them. Nobody can outbox God. You can't do it. He's a master chess player. If he wills it, it's going to happen. It don't matter how much your enemies hate you. It doesn't matter how much they try to destroy you. You can help destroy yourself, but your enemies can't destroy you if God is really with you. Because I believe it says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It also says that if God be for us, who can be against us? I guess they're trying to say if God be for us, it don't matter if you are against us. I don't know about you, but that's good news. You said the government is powerful in your and the reason you say that is for what? Do you think your government or the EU or the WEF or any of these other fancy ungodly organizations can stop God Almighty? There's been a lot of people in history who thought they were stopping the promises of God. Oh, Herod was planning on killing all the babies up until he got to Jesus. That didn't work out, did it? Because the Lord willed that the Son of God come to earth in the fullness of time. So if the Lord is preserving you, you can stop getting yourself worked up like Chicken Little. I used to worry. I don't worry about nobody saying they're going to do something to me. You shouldn't worry about it either because they can't do nothing to you unless the Lord permits it. If he says that something's going to happen, I mean, I guess you can run out there and get yourself in trouble. But if God wants to prevent he's prevented you from getting yourself killed on many occasions. I can guarantee you that. Sometimes you may realize that he's done it, and sometimes you don't realize it. You're walking in the very shadow of death every time you leave your house. No, you know, truth be told, you're walking in the very shadow of death even if you don't leave your house. Have you watched the news lately? See, the psalmist says God is his refuge. That's the first thing he wants to establish. That's how he starts it off. He wants to get something established here. When someone declares that they have a place of refuge, it means that is there, uh, there is a place that they can go, they feel safe, right? Now, some of it may be fake safety, but people like to come home and, and they, want to, they, they want their home to feel like a safe environment. Now, there's been a lot of talk, especially in like the last 10 years, about, quote, safe spaces. However, when you hear this from the people who saying safe space, the people are referring to a false safe space because many of them may need to be institutionalized because they think they can have a safe space in their mind uh, that will stop truth from coming out. They are re referencing a state of mind that they believe will protect their fragile minds from hurt feelings. That is an illusion. They are opposed to facts and truth. And they think that being in denial will save and protect them. See, uh, there's a river called denial. Yeah, uh -huh, the now. We said denial. <clears throat> that they in full denial uh, at the river of denial. <laughs> and they think that they can be protected from facts and truth. They call this their safe space, but it's not a safe space at all. Trying to protect yourself from facts and truth is quite insane if you really uh, push the narrative to its lowest common denominator. But they're 
A so-called safe space is nothing more than an illusion because they are tormented by truth. This is a well-known fact. I found this out. Found it out a while back <clears throat> that many people, especially these uh, quack jobs who want you build God like a builder bear, that's not the Jesus I know. That's not the God of the Bible. This is how I see it. Doesn't matter how you see it. How you see it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't change God. Like God has said in heaven saying, I wonder what the progressive thinks. I wonder what the conservative thinks. I wonder what the liberal thinks. I wonder what the EU says about that. God don't need a permission slip. He's God. You don't have to ask for permission. He just does it. <clears throat> he don't care if you like what he's doing. He does it anyway. And when a person is opposed to facts and the truth, their minds are tormented whenever they hear facts and truth. These people lose their mind. And we have a, we now have a society that is full of a bunch of people who is opposed to facts and truth, but it doesn't change facts and truth because you're offended. You think your face is safe. We want a safe space. When they say that, they mean that they want to they want to be able to live in a false sense of security. They want to be uh, they want to be able to ignore facts and logic. But nobody really ignores facts and logic because whenever somebody goes to their particular home, they don't try to walk through the wall, do they? Because logic and facts tells you that the door is the place you're supposed to enter unless you're a burglar climbing through the window. When people are driving their vehicles and they see a train coming. They just don't punch the gas and run into the train unless they're insane. So it doesn't matter if you believe in facts and truth. It doesn't change the fact that you are tormenting yourself. When we permit Satan to influence our choices, it only gets worse over time. Demons who contradict God's word will use you until you are destroyed. They don't care. It's not their bodies. There's a story of a demon possessed man in Mark chapter five. Now, Mark focuses on one of the demon possessed men. But if you read Matthew chapter eight, it talks about two men. But this is the demiacs. Uh, he's the spokesperson of the demiacs. There's two of them. And uh, you're talking about when the blind leads the blind, when the crazy leads the crazy. You probably get what the United States in most of the West and around the world are getting today. You get complete lunacy. They're debating if a man can be a woman, if a woman can be a man. They're debating if it's a crime to go in the stores and run out with merchandise. These are demiacs. And sometimes they have chief demons speaking for them. You may call them your representatives. You may call them your congresspeople. You may call them your mayors or governors. You may even call them the president of the United States of America. But they are still possessed and controlled by devils. Now this particular story over here, I like it. I, I, I want to focus more on Mark's telling of the story. But you can read both of these telling of the story. Mark chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 8. When you read the story in Mark, it shows just how dangerous it can get when one who is possessed by demons, worldly systems and methods Cannot save you from the devil's vices. Yeah, I'm preaching now. Knock, knock. 
Amen, lights and wall. I said worldly systems and methods and your philosophies cannot save you from the devil's vices. The devil is not scared of your philosophy. The devil is not scared of your education. The, 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 the devil is not scared of your money and your stuff or who family you came from. You, yeah, you ain't scared the devil with that. It ain't but one that the devil is afraid of. And if you don't have that one indwelling in you, the devil will mock you. He's not afraid of you. You can never have a safe space as it pertains to this world. No, no, no. See, the safe space or the refuge that the psalmist is really talking about, he's not really speaking of a particular location. No, no. When he says the Lord is my refuge, he was saying wherever I'm at, the Lord can be my refuge. Matter of fact, he's declaring that he is my refuge. <laughs> this is not uh, This is not uh, for a particular location. This is a state of being, a mindset when he says the Lord is my refuge. This fellow is on to something. Some, this something is on to something right here. See, the devil and his demons will do you like the men who were in Mark 5 and in Mark and in Matthew 8. The devil will mock you. He'll have you doing the craziest thing. Just look at the news. You wonder why these people are doing these crazy things. They are possessed with the devil. Whether you want to admit it or not, there's a bunch of people who don't go around cutting themselves, acting a fool, living in tombs that's possessed with the devil. Matthew talks about Jesus rebuked the storm. You remember that? Before he got uh, to the demon acts uh, over in Gennesaret, it says that uh, there was a storm that rose up. It's as if the storm was trying to stop the Lord Jesus from meeting these demoniac or these demon-possessed men in Gennesaret. But if the Lord had willed that the Lord Jesus go there, it don't matter what the devil tries to do, he was going to go there. He had an appointment. I like how Jesus is always making appointments without the participants knowing about a particular appointment. He's known for setting appointments. If you know him today, he sent an appointment with you one day. No, you didn't find him. You was too ignorant. You was too sinful. So was I. He got to slap you down upside your head to slap some sense into your head. Now, some believe that this particular storm talked about in Matthew. I don't think Mark talks about it. Some believe it was a satanic in nature to prevent the Lord Jesus from arriving at the country of the Gazarenes. However, when the master makes an appointment, it come uh, and come, he makes an appointment to come and save you or rescue you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No devil from the pit of hell can stop him. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand that particular message. If the Lord wants to bless you, if the Lord wants to heal you, if the Lord wants to give you peace in mind, no devil from the pit of hell nor his demons can stop it. Now I want to read some of Mark chapter 5 because it shows that the Lord Jesus, 
can be our refuge in any situation. You can't get a worse scenario or situation than what this fellow in Mark was in. Now, some of you not in this bad of a situation, and you don't even probably nobody's probably even know anybody that's in this bad of a situation. But I've ran into some people whose mind is completely gone. They're talking to themselves. They're walking barefoot on hot sun. They, they, they've destroyed their lives. There's a possibility that they was flirting with sin too much. Uh, they was flirting uh, with the uh, demonic forces or drugs, and it has ruined their mind. The text is beginning at verse 2 of uh, Mark chapter 5. It says, and when he was come out of the ship from the storm, that's what he's talking about. Immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. His homie was with him, but they ain't, uh, um, uh, Mark don't want to talk about his homie because he's the spokesman. Matthew mentions the, his homeboy, so to speak. It says, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no not with change. This fella is so strong when they try to put chains on him, he's breaking the chains. People who are demon-possessed are very, very strong because it's not a, a human force that's guiding them. Because that, and then he goes on to say, because that he had been often bound with feathers and chains, and the chains has not, had, had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. So wild beast, he says. The devils have made this boy into a wild beast. And he got a legion of them in there. Mm. This boy is full of the devil. And always it says night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. Do you understand what it's saying right there? This fellow is abusing his own body, but it's not him doing it. The devil and the demons are having him abuse his body because it's not their bodies. When people go out and start abusing their bodies, whatever it may be, if it's drugs, if they go out with alcohol or sex or whatever they're doing to abuse their bodies. It's because the devil inside of them is controlling them and making them abuse themselves. Who goes around screaming and howling, living in tombs, cutting himself with stones? And by the way, he was stalk bucking naked. Boy, didn't have no clothes on. But then it says, watch this. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Devil got more sense than most of us walking around on earth. When the devil saw Jesus, he understood who was in charge. <laughs> now, when he saw Jesus, he got in the right posture. You got these humans running around who's so fickle, they can get sick any day and die. They're running around talking about how they don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. I am very educated. It's for the uneducated, uh, believing in God. These idiots running around. But the Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. But the demons, they got enough sense to know that God is real. He ran and fell down and worshiped Jesus. He says, okay, the one who created it, is he just showed up on the scene. Now you will notice that the people had attempted to restrain this demon-possessed man. They probably tried to restrain both of them, but nothing they did helped this demon-possessed man. 
Is that the state of the mind that most people are at right now? They tried all these so-called worldly gimmicks. That's why I don't believe in most of them. I'm not saying there is no things that the world could use that will not work. Of course it is because God may have given them the remedy. But they're trying to, when you're trying to get a person's right in the mind and the Lord is not being brought up, I don't think it's going to do you much good. You will notice that the people, they tried many times to put him in chain. He broke the chain right off. Worldly methods cannot cure a demon and deranged person. That's a fact. That is a fact. Worldly methods cannot cure a demon or deranged person. They laugh at these carnal weapons. That's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. See, some people are captured by stronghold of the demons. I've talked to people who've been on drugs. They say, I just can't help myself. Talk to alcoholics. They say, I can't help myself. They talk to sex addicts. They say, I can't help myself. Worldly methods cannot cure a demon or deranged person. You will never find true refuge outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into the world to set free us from our sins. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he came to destroy the works of the devil. That's the sole purpose he came to earth is to destroy the works of the devil. Now, in Luke chapter 4, the Lord Jesus is reading from Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to set the captives free. That's a fact. That's the sole purpose of Jesus coming to earth. He didn't come to earth to be your friend. He didn't come to earth to give you a bunch of money. He didn't come to earth to, to give you education. All of that is nothing wrong with it. But he came to save you from yourself. He came to save me from myself because by nature we are sinners. He came to set the captives free, and to whom the Son set free, they are free indeed. But when you go back and look at Mark chapter 5, it tells us that demons knew who the Lord Jesus was. The demons had these men running around naked, acting like wild animals. Have you seen some of the people's acts today? in our society, the way they act in our society today. They may not be naked, which some are, if you look at some of them, they are naked some of the times, because I believe they just had pride meet a week, a month, and it was a bunch of naked people running around then. But they are engaging in a lifestyle that is so destructive, you must conclude they are demon-possessed. The people of Gennadarines attempted to tame uh, these wild men or this, especially this wild demon possessed man, they tried. They said, let's, let's tie him up, put some change on him. But all their methods had failed, so they are being isolated in a tomb. She said, let them stay out there in the wild. We ain't bought, as long as they don't come to the city, let them stay out there in the wild. They're probably eating wild animals and stuff without even cooking it. The text in Mark says that the demons cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou 
of the most, thou son of the most high God. I adjure thee by the God that thou torment me not. The demons are afraid of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the demons are scared of Jesus? Because he's holy. And whenever the holy shows up, the profane runs for cover. When he turns on the light switch, when light has entered into the world, it says men love darkness a little bit better. Have you seen the way people are screaming about abortion today? Have you seen that? Have you seen how people are screaming about gay rights today? Have you seen how people are trying to justify criminals breaking the law today? This must mean that they are controlled by the devil and his demons. Now, I can assure you that the devil does not want you to be set free. I'm 100% sure about that. Because I believe the scripture says he came to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, in our text, the psalmist is not specifically saying that there is a certain physical place that the God is... Uh, able to, that he's able to take refuge because of the Lord. He's, he's not talking about a location here. No, he's not. He says the Lord is his refuge, but he's his refuge because there's an inner peace. When Jesus got ready to leave, he says, my peace I give you. The psalmist is declaring wherever he is located, he can hide himself in the shadow of the Lord's wings for protection. The man in Mark 5 had no peace until the until he met the Prince of Peace. Just think about the, the sudden change of this fellow when you read the story. It is quite a fascinating story of what happens when the Prince of Peace meets with you. The demons in the man were doing all the talking for the man. You can tell when the demon is talking for people because the things they're saying is so anti-God it has to be a demon speaking through these people. Because when the Lord Jesus said to the man, technically he was talking to the demon, he said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Now, the demon said, what have I to do with you? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure you by God that you tormented me now. He said, come out. The man needed some refuge, but he had no power because Satan had come and occupied his mind and his body. That's a bad state to be in right here. It's a terrible state to be in. Now, the moral of the story shows how the Lord delivered the man from bondage. And the people of the Gennadarenes, uh, they came to see this man who had been completely out of his mind. This fellow had to be completely slapped crazy, cutting himself, screaming and howling, He's got this Samson-like strength, breaking change. He's out here, I mean, literally trying to take himself out. And so the people come to see it because, you remember, Jesus cast out the demons and they went into the pigs and the pigs ran off the cliff. After they came and saw the man sitting in his right mind and the people who was tending the, the pigs told him what Jesus had did, they said, fella, we need you to leave our land. You're not welcome here. 
No, no. Uh, Jesus is not welcome in this particular town of the Gadareans. <laughs> they were really saying Jesus is bad for business. Now, some people don't say this, but that's what they really mean. They were saying we can tolerate two crazy men running around naked, cutting themselves. We can tolerate them screaming and hollering day in and day out. We understand that even when we chain them up, they can break the chains, but we will not tolerate this Jesus destroying our pigs and delivering these demons from bondage. I'm sorry, delivering these men from the demons from bondage. We can tell people tolerate all kinds of foolishness today. Notice that the main thing they don't want to tolerate is when people start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we can't have that separation of church and state. They got the most disgusting things and the most disgusting books in libraries, in school. They're saying that we'll welcome our demons. We'll have drag shows. We'll welcome our demons. We'll teach sex education to three-year-olds. We'll tell them to go against their parents. We don't mind demons being in here, but we will not tolerate righteousness. Would you please leave our land, Jesus? You're not welcome here. You're bad for business. See, society really does not want you to be free from bondage in this world. Now, I know some of you find that hard to believe. You said, I find that so cruel. It doesn't make a difference what you find. All you got to do is look at what they're doing. Society does not want you to be free from bondage. You know why? Because most of society is controlled by the devil and the devil do not want you free. Not in this world. No, it doesn't. It could be drugs that's caused you to have be caught in captivity. It could be alcohol that has uh, possessed your mind. And the devil used drugs and alcohol. It could be sex because he will use sex also to infiltrate your mind. He will use porn to infiltrate your mind. He will use homosexuality to keep you in bondage. The world system offers you temporary fixes. They place Bandages on shotgun wounds, but the God of glory comes to set your mind and soul free. In our text, the psalmist says, not only is the Lord our refuge, but he's our strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. He's not only my refuge, but he's my strength. I'm reminded of what David said in Psalm 27. You remember Psalm 27? David says, the Lord is my light. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Are you getting at what David is saying? Why are you scared? He says, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. He tripped them up. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear the war should rise against me in this. I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David was declaring the same thing as Psalm 46 is saying. He's declaring that he cannot defeat the powerful enemies, but his God can. Oh, yeah, yeah. It don't make no difference how powerful your enemies think you are. He's the God of the universe. These are mere mortals. I believe he was saying his God is uh, his hiding place. 
And the Lord is whom he has placed his faith in because he has delivered him on many occasions. See, when you go through something with the Lord and he delivers you, it should only increase your faith. But not only is the Lord his refuge and his strength, but his God is a very present help in trouble. I like that phrase there. A very present help in trouble. That means whenever or whatever trouble that you find yourself in, he is a very present help in trouble. If you have problems for tomorrow, he will be a very present help. If you have a situation in the middle of the night, he will be that very present help. If you find yourself in need financial help, He's a very present help in time of trouble. If your enemies attempt to destroy you, the good news is he will be a very present help in trouble. When all hell breaks loose in your life, he will be a very present help in times of trouble. And when people you thought love you and cared for you, when they stab you in your back, don't worry, the Lord will be a very present help in times of trouble. If tragedy strikes in your life and you don't have the strength to fight, when it appears all hope is gone and you don't even know what to ask him for, he will still be a very present help in time of trouble. When we look at verse 2 of our text, it says, Therefore, will we not fear? Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. The psalmist is declaring he has uh, two reasons to fear. Uh, he has no reasons, not two reasons. He has no reasons to fear because God is his refuge and strength. You ain't got to be scared of nothing. And even if he goes through something, the Lord is that very present help in times of trouble. Now, Psalmist says in verse 2 and 3, Therefore will I not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, and though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. The Psalmist has made his peace with the Lord. The Psalmist is declaring that he has a place, to his faith, and the God who does all things well. That's what the psalmist is saying. He, he has courage because he's living by faith. And we understand that the just shall live by faith. We understand that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when chaos ensues, the psalmist takes refuge in the Lord. The psalmist places his faith in the strength of the Lord. He declares that even if the whole earth was removed, and that sounds extreme, if the whole earth was removed, he would still trust in his God. Even if the mountains were uh, cast into the sea, he would still look to his God for deliverance. Even if the waters of the ocean were bawling and troubled, 
even if the mountains were shaking, or maybe it means if the volcanoes were erupting, he would still take his refuge in his God. Now our text says that there is a river. The streams world shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. This is the grace of God peeping up even when all hell is breaking loose. Don't you ever believe that the Lord does not love you when you are going through hell? Oh, he still loves you. Yes, he does. I can't say I can tell you all the reasons he's doing what he's doing, but just trust him. When we read verses 5 through 9 in, in our text, it assures us of peace because of the presence of the Lord. Presence of the Lord is here. Presence of the Lord is here. Now it says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. On my way to heaven, I should not be moved. God shall help her. In that right early, the heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he had made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease until the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Some have related this particular psalm of 146 to a story of Hezekiah and Sennacherim. I like that name, even though he's evil, Sennacherim. Hezekiah and Sennacherim. Now, if you remember that, Hezekiah was the king of Judea, while Sennacherim was the king of Assyria. And Sennacherim was attempted to snatch away uh, the values of Judah. The Assyrian army was very powerful at the time. It's sort of like America is right now. See, sometimes it, it takes a Sennacherim uh, to get us focused back on the Lord. Now, if you had asked the Assyrians or the Babylonians or the Romans, if they thought that they would lose their power pretty soon, I'm sure that they would all have said, absolutely not. Sennacherim sent a warning shot to King Hezekiah, and he said that uh, Yahweh could not protect them from he and the Assyrian army. Woo! See, that's why when you get the answer, sometimes you got to understand you can't fight it. Let the Lord fight it. Now, Sennacherim said through the people who he sent, he says, Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands, were the gods of the nations of those lands anyways able to deliver their, uh, their, their lands out of my hand? Who was there among all the gods, small G-O-D-S, of those nations that my father utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of my hand that your God should be able to deliver you out of my hands? Now, Sennacherim was acting as if he was the God of glory. I don't know if you don't know any politicians or leaders who has a God complex, do you? Sennacherim thought he was God. He sent this message to scare Hezekiah. It says after Hezekiah heard this, he rent his clothes. He tore his clothing. 
and covered himself with sackcloth and he went into the house of the Lord. He is about to witness uh, God being his refuge and strength. He's about to witness that river, the streams where she'll be, she'll make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. What Hezekiah is about to witness is what uh, our text says in verse 10 and 11. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now, when our enemies come upon us to destroy us, we must sometimes simply be still. And while we are being still, we must know that he alone is God. When it says uh, be still, it does not necessarily mean lack of actions. It could mean be still and listen to what the Lord will tell you to do. It could mean be still and pray about it. It could mean be still. Uh, and when, when I tell you, until I tell you what to do. Don't do nothing until I tell you what to do. When Hezekiah got still and went into God's house, it also says he sent a messenger to the prophet Isaiah. Hezekiah did. And Isaiah says to the messengers, thus says the Lord, thus shall ye say to your master. This is what uh, Isaiah is telling the messengers to take back this message to uh, to 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 the uh, uh, to to the uh, Assyrians. I'm sorry. This is what uh, the, the 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 Isaiah is telling the messenger of Hezekiah uh, what he needs to tell what they need to tell Hezekiah because he's saying, "Don't worry about it." Thus shall ye say to your master. Thus says the Lord: Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard with which the servant of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him. He shall hear a rumor and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword of his own land. You see, Hezekiah could not say with the psalmist, or uh, maybe he could say to the, with the psalmist after this particular event, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, will we not fear? Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. And the heathen rage, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now, what you must understand is that once you go through something with the Lord, it becomes easier to go through other things. Whenever the Lord allows you to go through certain things, maybe he's strengthening you for your journey. Now, some people don't believe that. 
They think all suffering is bad. What well, is possible that going through something prepares you for what the Lord is planning on doing for you. Now, some people think that's crazy talk. I firmly believe that uh, when you go through something, you become stronger after you go through something. If you never go through anything, it's going to be hard in order for you to be able to fight off those things that comes about. Everybody ain't going to be your friend. Everybody not going to be happy when you do good. That's what some of you people, I don't know if it's social media that made people like this. People are shocked because they got enemies. Jesus had enemies. You're not better than Jesus. I can guarantee you that. But see, sometimes when the Lord allows you to go through something, he's preparing you for something. He's teaching you how to be equipped for something. Some of you don't want to go through anything and you think you're going to actually grow. You're not going to grow. It's impossible to grow unless you go through something. And the Lord knows how to take you through something. Just be still. Now, while you're being still, notice that the text says, it don't say just be still and do nothing. So you got to read what the text says. Don't read over it too fast. When you read over it too fast, you don't, you don't, you don't understand it. Verse 10, pay attention to what it says. Be still, come, and know that I am God. Why are you being still? Come, come get yourself acquainted with me, is what he's saying. Be still and know. <laughs> no, no, no. It ain't a posture of doing nothing. That's not what this is talking about. When it says be still, people think somebody's just sitting in their room looking at the walls. This is not the kind of still it's talking about. It says be still and know. Did you, did you miss that? While you being still, there's some things you need to know. I'm God. <laughs> Why you being still, you need to recognize that there is no human, there's no created being, there's no angel or demon can be God. Be still and know that I am God. Yeah, yeah, he's got the, sometimes it takes a little uh, getting still, getting away from all of the noise. Getting away from all of the congestions and the uh, the confusion and the hustle and bustle of life. Sometimes you just got to get still and be with him. I don't know about you, but I get a better understanding. I don't like a lot of noise going on. I don't like when I'm trying to get close to him and I'm trying to read the scripture. I don't like noise. I don't want the TV, the radio on. I don't want a bunch of noise. I just don't like noise when I'm trying to be still and know. Because this is a subject that you spend your, the rest of your life getting to know him. And throughout all eternity, you're going to be getting to know him. Because there is no exhaustion of who he is. Uh, he says, the psalmist says, be still and know. This is like he's talking about God. Uh, what God is telling him is that I need you to be still and while you're being still, I need you to know that I am God and I will be exalted amongst the heathens. Mm. He said, not only do I need you to be still and know that I'm God, I'm going to get my exaltation. I'm going to be exalted. That's a fact. I will be exalted amongst the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. No matter how they say, we don't, wanna, uh, we don't want God in here. We want separation of church. It doesn't matter what you want. Doesn't matter what you think. God don't need a permission slip. He can invade uh, people's lives without a request. Saul was on his road to Damascus. He didn't ask for Jesus. 
Jesus says I'm about to knock this boy off his beast and knock some sense into his head. Some of you thought something. Matter of fact, it may be a good thing that they didn't have social media back when we were growing up. Because I don't think we would have got as outrageous as some of these people. Because I don't understand how they be just posting some of the stupidest things they post. But we would have had some things to be embarrassed about then if they had social media too. Oh yeah, they... You post it. Some of the people you post, you be saying like, what is wrong with these people? Why would you post that of yourself? Not nobody else posted it. You post that of yourself. You Don't you got no shame? See, while you're being still, you need to get to know the one who does all things well. Oh, no, you need to know that. See, the psalmist concludes the psalm by saying the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He uses refuge again. The God of Re- uh, Jacob is our refuge. Now, you remember how he started out the song, right? God is our refuge. At the end of the song, he ends it with, he ends it with the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He begins the song by talking about God being his refuge, and he ends the song. If you are troubled today, if your mind is troubled, if you're having a hard time sleeping, you have anxiety, I think you need to join the psalm and be still. And while you're being still, quit all the, the busy stuff. You're busy about it. Cut it out. Be still, but while you're being still, get to know him if you want peace. Because you can't have any peace without the prince of pieces. Look at those men over in Matthew chapter 8 and Mark chapter 5 we talked about. These fellows were so out there, especially the spokesman of the demiacs, he was so far out there, not only was he running around stalk bucking naked, this fella decided that he needed to cut his own body. Have you seen the things that people are doing to harm themselves? They used to have a show. I don't know if you remember way back in the day, it was MTV. It was called Jackass. You remember that? They would do the dumbest things to hurt themselves. That's what I'm talking about. See, some of this stuff I can't relate to. I can't relate to stupidity in some ways. Oh, I know we all have done stupid things, but I don't understand some things that people do This is completely stupid. You cannot have true rest if you don't learn how to be still. But see, have you noticed that sheep cannot drink running water? They refuse to drink out of a running brook. Because they need stillness. Some of you cannot have true peace because you're never still. 24-7, you got some device on in the background. 24-7, you have to be getting the latest news. You don't ever take any time to spend some time with him. And that's why you're so worked up. I'm convinced. I'm convinced anxiety and worry. I'm not saying that people can't be born with a mental problem, but... I'm, I'm convinced that probably 98, 99% of all anxiety is because somebody don't know Jesus. I'm convinced of it. Because he says when he got ready to leave, you remember, we just said it. He says, my peace I leave to you. Now, you say you're a child of the king, right? Do you know who the king is? So you're a child of the king, but you say the king is not allowing you to have peace? Oh, come on now. Come on, come on. Knock, knock, lights and wall. Did you hear what they say? They are pretending as if 
they can have peace without the Prince of Peace. You're not going to have it. See, this son has understood something. He was smarter than a whole lot of us because a lot of us think we're so smart that we're smarter than God. See, you got to realize that all my help comes from the Lord, the God of glory, all of it. Not 85% of your help, not 99% of your help, not 99.9% of your help, all, 100%. All my help, that's what the psalmist said, comes from the Lord. He's the one who made the heaven and earth. The psalmist is saying God is our refuge. He's saying us. And not only is he our refuge, we draw our strength from him. And the reason we draw our strength from him, because everything we go through, he's a very present help in trouble. Not just help in trouble. He's a very present help. He's always in the present tense. Yeah, he's in the present tense. He lives in the present tense. Whatever your situation is, five years from now, if you can run five years from now, he's still a very present help in time of trouble unless you're dead. He says, I ain't got no reason to fear. I don't care if the whole earth was removed. Don't you think that is extreme? This fella is so confident. He says... Even if the earth was removed from his uh, place in the galaxy. Even if the mountains were thrown into the sea. Isn't that extreme? Because if you saw that, that is enough to scare the daylights out of you. A gigantic mountain being thrown in the sea. That doesn't scare anybody. First of all, if the earth is removed, we all are going to die. <laughs> we all going to die if the earth was removed from his axles. But the, uh, the psalmist is saying, he's just hyper-speaking here. He also goes on to say, if the waters there are roar. I don't know about you, but being out in the ocean, you ever been in the ocean, you've been in a boat and you can't see the bank? When I was a kid, that was one of the scariest things ever. You in the boat, my daddy took us fishing, and you can't see the bank. I'm saying like, where's the bank at? We out here fishing in the middle of nowhere. And I really didn't like choppy water. If I tried to lay down on the boat and chop the water, I would get sick. I didn't like chopping water, but I think this is more than just chopping water they're talking about in verse 3. Because he says, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, it's possible he's talking about a volcano. I really don't know. But whatever it is, the Psalms is just saying, Selah, think about it. <laughs> Just take a moment to pause and understand that God is in the midst of us. Mm -hmm. See, that's when he says, the part where he says that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Notice he says it in the middle too. Verse 7. Verse 1 says it. Verse 7 says it. And then verse 11 says it. He wants to get it down packed that the Lord is his refuge. And when he says Selah, he says pause and think about that thing. He said, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he had made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease until the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear asunder. He burneth the chariots in the fire. Come in now, uh, Pharaoh. You chasing whom, Pharaoh? Who's that you chasing? You trying to take out the children of Israel and Moses? Uh, Moses. Uh, yeah, no, that's not going to work for you. He says, God says, invite them only into the, the sea. And they followed him right into the sea. And then they made a song about it. Pharaoh and his whole army got drowned in the, the sea one day. Yes, they did. Because these uh, folks understood that they needed to be still and know. God said, Moses, why are you whining to me right there? You get that rod you got in your hand? Stretch it out there. 
You're about to go through on dry land through an ocean. You mean to tell me he's not your refuge? <laughs> I mean, if we could, we want to call a couple of witnesses. I mean, we could do that too. We could call brother Daniel over. Hey, Daniel, didn't they tell you to stop praying, son? Didn't the, didn't they, didn't the king tell you not to be praying? Because he signed his decree saying that you got to uh, 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 be obedient to the government. You got to do what the government says. Daniel says, I don't care nothing about what the government says. If the government is trying to tell me to do something that goes against my God, like pray, that's going to be a, a no for me. Okay, then, Daniel, since you want to be hard-headed, these fellas went and told on Daniel, say, uh, King, only King, live forever. We're just trying to do the right thing, worshiping these idols. But this fella, Daniel, that you got in charge of all this stuff, we don't like that anyway. We, we caught this fella praying. Just think about how absurd this is. This sounds like our society because there's some people, some teachers and coaches have been expelled from school for praying. While they're teaching kids how to put uh, condoms on bananas. While they're teaching drag shows and everything else at school. They're bringing in perverted books. But you can't talk about God in the school system. So we can tolerate a lot of things, but we can't tolerate this God stuff. Daniel, you have taken it too far. King says, oh, Daniel, oh, my God, I wish it wasn't so, Daniel, but I made a promise. These people didn't trick me right there, but don't worry, I'm going to throw them in there. If they're lying to eat you, I'm going to throw them in there, Daniel, let them get them. So you notice that Daniel is not that worked up, right? You never hear Daniel say, oh, my God, what are we going to do? The government is mad at me. Oh, what am I going to do? I just find it fascinating when Christians be that worked up over the government. I don't care what the government says. I don't care. I'm not scared of the government because... God is my refuge and my strength. Whom should I fear? That's what I said. I say he's our refuge and our strength. Ain't no need you. You ain't got to fear. Because the Lord is your refuge and strength. Do you understand that? So Daniel ended up in the lion's den. And uh, this is how I see it. Now, I'm not saying it happened like this exactly. But I picture in my mind, Daniel over there laying and going to sleep on on. on with one of the lions being his pillow. <laughs> That's how I see it. I mean, it, could, it probably didn't happen like that. He probably just made, laid over there. But I see it in my twisted mind. I like, to, I like to say this is my telling of the story. Daniel's over there probably laid back on the lions. And the lions probably, one of them laying on him. They ain't even, they act like they're not even hungry. But they hungry. They hungry because the reason that they're not eating Daniel is because of God is the refuge and the strength of Daniel. And he's a very present help in times of trouble. Is that right, Brother Daniel? Can I get a witness, brother? He says, you got a witness. Because uh, the king came back and says, oh, Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Did the God that you serve, is he, was he able to do what you said he could do? He says, I'm here. I'm here, king. I'm, I've been sleeping. Woo, wait a minute. Let me yawn here for a minute. Let me go, go ahead and pull me out of here right now. I'm, who took a good nap right there? As a matter of fact, Daniel slept better than the lion's den, than the king slept in the palace. It says that the, the king couldn't sleep all night. Daniel, it never said Daniel couldn't sleep. It said the king couldn't sleep. But Daniel slept because God was the refuge of Daniel, and he was Daniel's strength, and he was a very present help in times of trouble. Now, you notice when Daniel came out, king threw these other people in there and all their family, before they even hit the ground, they said the lions were just crouching on them. Be careful about digging ditches for everybody else. These devils who keep digging ditches for us. 
These devils who keep trying to destroy us, be careful. Don't get scared of them, but be careful, devils. Be careful the ones who are trying to sabotage you in every way because they may find themselves in the lion's den. They may find themselves in uh, in a fiery furnace. They may find themselves being hung like a, a, a Naaman. I'm going to build this thing right here. I'm going to kill all the Jews in the book of Esther. You know the story. But see, what you what you must realize is that God is a very present help in times of trouble. You must come to the realization that those who trust in him, and you must learn to say, all my help, not some of my help, all my, even when the heathen raged, all my help. Even when kingdoms uh, were moved, it's all my help. Because when he uttered his voice, the earth will melt at the utterance of God. <laughs> God can make the earth melt. You're talking about climate change and climate warming and all that. If the Lord speak it, the earth will melt from the fervent righteous indignation of him. No, 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 no. Climate change ain't going to do it. I believe he says he's going to destroy the earth by fire. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's what he said. If he says it, I think that settles it. No, I'm not worked up over that. Never seen so many Christians. They want to get you worked up too. Well, my God, what are we going to do? Hold on, man. You need to calm down. You need to calm down, son. Getting yourself that worked up. You or you say you're a believer. Why are you that worked up over there? Is, did God leave the throne? Because I'm going I'm to start screaming with you if you said God left the throne. If he left the throne and he stopped being in charge for one nanu of a second, all chaos would ensue. I mean, meteorites and everything else will take us out off the earth. What you talking about? Some demon from the pit of hell. Some of these little world leaders thinking they are, 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 are they going to stop God. Henry Kissinger finally died, didn't he? He's not God. And every last one of them, all Republicans, all Democrats, every person ever walked this earth, come to the realization when they die, they ain't God. They can call themselves kings, these, these Hollywood singles and all this, because they think they're kings. You die. When you die, I guarantee you. It don't make no difference how much you had when you die, because you ain't taking none of it with you anyway. See, our problem is we don't know how to be still, and while we're being still, we need to know. You understand me? We need to know that he is God. He's going to get exalted whether you like it or not. It don't make no difference if you, well, I don't want to praise. It don't make no difference if you praise him. God don't need us praising him. He inhabits the praise of the saints, but he don't need it. Our problem is that we think we're doing God a favor. God don't need your favors. He's God. He don't need nothing. He doesn't need anything. And that blows people's mind because they want God to be dependent on them. See, the God that people make up in their mind can be appeased by them. They can bribe their gods. You can't bribe the God of glory. You can't bribe Jehovah. He don't take bribes. He don't take kickbacks. You can't sway him. There is no shadow of turning in him. You better get it straight. All my help, the psalmist is saying, comes from the Lord. And you need to declare today that all your help comes from him. And once you understand that all your help comes from him, I guarantee you that you could be stronger and better long as you know all your help comes from him. All my help, not some of my help. I ain't crazy enough to believe that I'm still standing here because of me. I'm standing here because of the mercy of my God. I'm standing here because he decided to send his son to die for our sin. That's why you're here too. You better recognize it. 
You better recognize it. Uh-uh. You better recognize that I'm here because of him. Only because of God. I'm not here because I'm smart. You're not here because you're smart. You're here because of the grace and mercy of God. How many of us knew you should have been dead long time ago? I should have been dead so many times it's not even funny. If it was left up to my enemies, they'd have took me already. But God preserved me. Mm, he kept me is what the song says. He kept me. Yeah, I'm kept too. <laughs> they say like, they say like the, this is a kept woman. You know, you a, I'm a kept saint. Because if the Lord is protecting you, it don't make no difference who your enemy is. Your enemy can't touch you without the God of glory giving them permission. And I'm glad about it. I, that's shouting material to me that I know that my enemies cannot do anything to me. It's left up to me to worship and serve him. And if I don't, if I don't worship and serve him, he can slap me into tomorrow. He has a way to whip his children when they get out of line. But he ain't going to whip you if you ain't his child. But you still going to get it, though. And your whipping is going to be even worse because it's not to correct you and get you on the right path. Mm -mm. There's coming a time and a, and, a, and, a, and a place where we all must sit, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I just hope you know him once you stand before the, the, the judgment seat of him. You better get to know him. All my help, not some of my help. That should be every Christian's testimony. All my help comes from the Lord, the God of glory. All my help comes from him. That's why I'm, I'm leaning and depending on him. Are you leaning and depending on him? If you're listening today and you have not trusted the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you haven't recognized where all your help come from, it's a good time to turn to him today before it's too late. No, 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 no. I don't believe in I don't believe in reincarnation. I don't believe in purgatory. It's appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. Learn to trust and lean and depend on him. Let him be your refuge and your strength. Then you'll find out that he's a very present help in times of trouble. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for watching over and protecting us. We pray for those in the common sense nation. We pray, Lord, that you touch their hearts and mind. Cleanse them, Lord. Give them guidance. Give them understanding. Let them uh, take refuge in you. We ask you to forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. We pray, Lord, that you sanctify our hearts and our minds. <clears throat> Bless those who will need a financial blessing. You made them. You know all about them. Bless those who need a spiritual blessing. Bless those whose mind may be a little troubled, Lord. Give them peace, the kind of peace that passes all understanding. We pray, Lord, that you cover them and you preserve them. And that they will give you the glory once you bring them through whatever fire they're coming through. For it is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you and God bless you. God bless everyone. Holly showed up too. Good to see you, Holly. Good to see my brother JLC again. Uh, Brittany, Howard, Eric showed up too. <clears throat> Eric, you don't have to worry about it. What I, I, I remember, I told you, Eric, you gotta, you gotta read that word. 
the, 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 the so-called things of this world can never deliver you. Nothing but the word of God will give you uh, the peace that you need. Studying and meditating on his word, sanctifying yourself in him, learning to trust in him is the only thing <clears throat> that can that can keep your mind free from those thoughts. Uh, we pray for the strength of Beric, Brother Eric. We pray that his mental well-being will be better. And I want you to start. You said you told me you had a Bible, Eric. I want you to start reading it, though. I want, matter of fact, I want you to start reading the scripture every day. You can start with the gospel of John and start reading something every day. And the Lord will deliver you. I guarantee you he will if you learn to trust in him. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. Bad.